today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I'm joined by Sarah Avampato, and we're loopy about the NHL draft lottery that just took place. All of this on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or as my buddy DC says, Tlop In. Yeah, we're part of Tlop In. Oh, you like that one, Sarah? Tlop In. I like it. Tlop In. It sounds like... Sounds like a good name for like a really weird dog or something. <laughs> come here, top flopping. Come here, boy or girl. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, brought to you by Built Bar. Yeah, I'm your humble and uh, loopy host, Jason J D Hernandez, joined by my favorite friend of me, <laughs> from Locked On Kings and Locked On NHL. It's Sarah Avampado. Sarah, how are you celebrating tonight? I've got an armful of kittens, I've got a can of cider, and we're number two, baby. <laughs> oh my goodness, you want to be on the podcast too? See, the kitten's happy. They're, they're excited. About, very excited about the king's picking second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what timing? She does it on cue. She's going to be a great cat for someone someday. <laughs> yeah. Aw. Uh, by the way, number number two going to the king's. The only thing, number one, we don't know who the hell it's going to be. This is the stupidest league. (laughs) (laughs) You're over there having your cider, and I'm also having something. Let's leave it at that. (laughs) No, sorry, we have have sponsors. I'm drinking Built Boost. That's what I'm drinking. Yeah. Like, all excitement aside, from my perspective at least, uh, I'm sure you would have loved to see the Ducks go a little higher, but like... All excitement aside, like, only the NHL could have done this. Only the NHL could have found a way to end up with your number one draft pick going to a team that no one knows who they are yet. Isn't this (laughs) ridiculous? And may not know for quite some time. Or possibly, like, ever. Like... (laughs) For the record, this is the most ridiculous league ever and something that we both work for and I guess we're proud to cover the NHL. Sort of. Sort are, of. Are, are we proud? I mean, we're. Uh, it 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 builds character. Yes. <laughs> yes. That that's what they all say. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the draft lottery as a whole. So the number one pick goes to question mark question mark. The number two pick goes to the Los Angeles Kings. How about them apples? Heck yes. Man, Kings are going to look good. Uh, The number three pick will be the Ottawa Senators, and that is via the San Jose Sharks pick. How did you like that little ribbing towards Cal Demetrius on the live podcast? I mean, any any opportunity for anyone to rip on the Sharks, (laughs) I think, is is well taken. I, I did appreciate, though, the Eric Carlson defense squad and yes. all of the the uh, the stats to back up why Eric Carlson is still good uh, as someone oh. who, who who likes him and likes to watch him play. Like I think that he gets a lot of unfair crap. That's so like Sharks I, if, fans defending all the banners they have at the SAP Center. <laughs> so oh. the next the next thirty seconds to one minute are going to be us bash, bashing the Sharks. And the views of Sarah and myself do not necessarily reflect the views of the Locked On Podcast Network or Locked On NHL. With that said, 30 seconds to a minute of bashing on the Sharks. I can't believe that the Sharks ruined this all. 
It's possible. They messed just everything. Everything is the shark's fault. It really is. We can blame like, them for this. Go ahead. Yes, like maybe if, if the sharks hadn't done all of this craziness, like did the sharks cause COVID-19? Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know if you could say it. Oh, it's, I'm leaving this in. But <laughs> <laughs> given that the San Jose sharks were kind of in the epicenter of it for a while, then maybe there's something to that. We're only kidding. But man, if the sharks hadn't traded with that pick, Ottawa would be looking at only a number five. Only Ottawa can get a three and a five out of this. So that's via the Sharks pick. So Sharks, it's all your fault. <laughs> and that, I mean, and that was our bastion of San Jose. I, I guess I will say, thanks to the Sharks, the number three pick won't be in the Western Conference, which is a good thing. So thank you, Sharks, for sending whoever that nice young man is to a conference where we're only going to have to see him twice a year until he inevitably gets traded in a couple of years because hashtag senators. Damn. <laughs> so the Sens have the three pick. Detroit drops all the way down to number four, much to the delight of several fans that have come out on Twitter practically saying, see, tanking doesn't necessarily work, does it? <laughs> the categories. Like, as someone with no actual particular feelings towards Detroit, like, you know, I, I live in Chicago, but I never really, I, you know, I wasn't a, a Hawks fan during like the years and years of them being enemies. Like, so I, I don't really have strong feelings towards Detroit. So it really just kind of, it, it sucks, honestly. Like, I, I, I feel like they suffered so badly. Their season was so terrible. And they had, I think, the worst possible result they could have gotten uh, by falling in the draft. So just I, like I really do feel for Detroit fans because that was kind of the silver lining was that they would endure this terrible season and then they get a top three draft pick. Like nothing wrong with number four. This is a very deep draft. Whoever's number four is going to be fine for them. But, you know, it's not going to be as game-changing probably as Lafreniere or anyone else who would have gone in the first three picks but man yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it I do feel a little bad for them in fact I'm gonna pour one out for Detroit so this is the first of many cheers for us <laughs> sorry the kitten just jumped in the water bowl <laughs> that hey the cat's pouring one out too it looks like <laughs> Oh, it's so, a heck of a day over here. So cheer, cheer Sarah. <laughs> so number four, Detroit. Number five pick goes to the Ottawa Senators pick. So Ottawa has three and five. The Anaheim Ducks fall to number six, which is still fine. Number seven, the New Jersey Devils. Number eight, the Buffalo Sabres. Those are the top eight picks. And then the rest of the picks are just going to be placeholders until we have some hockey again. Yeah, that's where we're at, I guess. Everything about and then like and now now we have to wait for like draft 2.0 to to find out what's happening. Plus, what happens if there isn't even hockey? Like what if they can't Oh, play? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so there is a contingency plan for this. Of course there is. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Thanks, th thank you, Sarah. <laughs> See, this is why we're frenemies, folks. 
<laughs> oh, the stupid league. <laughs> I know. So, if there is no hockey played, then picks number one and eight through 14 or 15 or whatever, they're just going to go in inverse order from whatever teams are left. So, Montreal would get that number one pick more than likely. Then Chicago would be, I think, nine. Then New Jersey, Minnesota, Winnipeg, Rangers, Panthers, Lumbus. Is there a team among our play-in teams? Like, I'm just trying to figure out, like, which would be, like, the most and the least offensive teams to jump up to that number one spot, you know, pr- presuming there is hockey and we get through this play in round and we actually do have teams to slot into these placeholders. So I know that Hunter Hodes <laughs> is listening because he listens in once in a while and we love you, Hunter. Wouldn't it be hilarious if the Pittsburgh Penguins lose in their opening round and then get the number one draft pick? Wouldn't that be I mean, just rich? As a person from the Pittsburgh area originally, I wouldn't hate it, but also <laughs> I'd hate it. <laughs> Some something else. What if the Edmonton Oilers lose to the Chicago Blackhawks and Edmonton gets number one pick? No. No. <laughs> Not okay. allowed. Not allowed, she says. They they have had too many number one young boys. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know who I want to see get number one pick? Just cause I want to see them succeed for once in their crummy franchise life. The Minnesota Wild. Also, no. Wow, I know. <laughs> what did they ever I do just, to you? They exist. <laughs> Minnesota is like one of the, like, I just, I mean, I, I like, I, okay, no. I still don't want them to get it. Like, I, I do, they're just... They're just, I'm so sorry, Minnesota Wild fans. I'm just so bored by your team. Oh, like, wow. I like, and like, I love going to Minnesota. I love going to games there. It's such a cool environment. But every time I have to watch the Wild, and I can say this about many teams too, like the Devils also, I find very dull. Um, I just, I, no thank you, Wild. No okay. thank you. How about Minnes? How about Montreal? Uh, I mean, it would make Laura happy. But then they'd get like, then they'd get the the French Canadian boy and like, I mean th- that that would fuel like the media narratives for the next rest of ever if they got him. Yeah, you're right about that. But it could also be Columbus. Eh. I, I wouldn't mind that. No. that. That'll be a whole separate podcast. So this is our <laughs> homework over the weekend. We'll rank <laughs> we'll rank the sixteen teams. By order of who we who we most want to get that number one pick, and who we least want to get that number one pick. I love that, it. That could be a whole other podcast oh, in yeah. and of itself. <laughs> uh, we're gonna hit a break, Sarah. We're having too much fun. Of course, Sarah's gonna stick around. Why wouldn't she? We're having fun here, right? Right. Also, I'm stuck under like three cats, so I can't go anywhere even if I wanted to. I think you need some strength to bolster yourself out of the cats stranglehold on you you know what you need do they weigh like a pound and a half but like man i'm just so exhausted what can i do (laughs) i i think you need to get some built bar in your life tell me more about built bar well built bar uh actually they are having a 50 percent off sale on all of their remaining inventory so if you go to builtbar.com 
you can get 50% or 66% off their built boost and make sure you get on that quickly before time runs out. Use promo code locked on to get $10 off your first order. Uh, Sarah, which built bar flavors do you like the most? Mine are those peanut butter flavors. I actually had one of the peanut butter brownie ones earlier today. Um, in lieu of getting off my butt and getting actual food, I ate one and it was delicious. Um, the more candy-like, the better, if you ask me. Oh, that is absolutely true. I can't have peanut butter, which is good for me because most of these built Bars that are not peanut-flavored are made in a nut tree facility. So someone like me... They could have double chocolate mousse or orange cream. Mm. And they taste just like a candy bar. They're freaking delicious. Ah. So anyway, go to BuiltBar.com. Enter promo code Locked On to get 10 bucks off your first order. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land that tastes like a candy bar. Mm. Mm-mm. I guess I'll continue. More with Sarah Avampado <laughs> after the first intermission. We're having fun here, folks. Stay locked in. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of Tloppin. Yeah, I'm joined by Sarah Avampado from Locked On NHL, and she is laughing hysterically at my Tloppin. Tloppin, yeah. (laughs) And DC gets 10 cents. Anyway, (laughs) we're still having a little postpartum draft fun, I guess. After the number one pick has been announced, or sort of announced, as being a team that we don't know yet. We're not going to know for, what, a month? Two months? Who knows? At least. Yeah. This whole thing has just made us completely loopy. Only in the NHL. Like, I I just can't get over the fact that this league came up with a draft plan that involves possibilities of not knowing who is going to be your winner and of course that is exactly what happened i had i had hoped so much that i wouldn't have even had to learn what the draft phase two looked like i was really hoping that i wouldn't have to figure out what happened (laughs) (laughs) and so of course not only has that happened but it has happened in the most ridiculous possible way it really has and i know it kind of makes the league look bad as a whole because one of these quote-unquote sort of playoff teams could be number one. Or it could just be Montreal, who was the worst among the qualifying teams, and no one would say anything bad about that if it was Montreal or Columbus or one of those other teams. Right? Yeah, I mean, they all were not good. And, (laughs) like, the, the... I think I think someone said that had you like whatever team like the the placeholder team that won the lottery I think it was like a 2.5 like it, it was some whatever percentage odds that team had the the team TBD if you mapped that on to where the teams stacked up I think based off of points percentage 
that team would have been the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. Which um, I'm sure that like Harrison is just like shaking his fist, cursing <laughs> right now from Locked On Jets about this. But I have a couple of friends who are Jets fans and like learning that information, I think ruined their day <laughs> because <laughs> I, I think that they're, they're a team that like is close, but like not the whole way there. And could you like, could use a kind of game changer like that, especially knowing that like, you know, Patrick line is really good, but he maybe isn't like the game breaker that, um, you know, he had maybe been thought to be, or he just hasn't fully matured into being that player yet. Who knows? But, you know, the Jets fans that I know are like really, really disappointed because that could have been them in some alternate universe. Or you think of the teams that like, had they just won or lost like, one more game or something. I think like the ducks more in that position. They were like, yeah. Had they like lost a cup or one or something, you know, you think of those teams that, that that happened to, like, I can't complain where the Kings ended up. Like, would it have been nice to get the number one pick? Yes. But truly getting the number two pick for the Kings is more than I thought was going to happen. So like, I'm very pleased and can't you know can now just sort of sit back and like eat popcorn while everyone else just sort of like self-destructs over (laughs) how like unhappy or disappointed or whatever they are about how they feel about this draft going back to the jets i feel like they're one of those teams that's not so much cursed but they're just unfortunate going back to their i guess history as the atlanta thrashers they're just a team that does not do well in the playoffs and they're constantly just there. They're not the worst team. They're not the best team. They're just present at the table. I mean, the Thrashers made the playoffs, what, once? That was it. And the first time they yeah, made I think it. Like, and the first time they made like it. Marion has... Ho- like, Hall of Famer Marion Hosa, I think, was like their leading playoff scorer until like the Jets actually started getting into the playoffs. Uh, but, you know. That, that, that's how, how rough it has been for that franchise, that their leading playoff scorer was a guy who played on the old version of the team and doesn't play anymore. By the way, congrats to Marion Hosa on making the Hall, Hall of Fame. I love him. Yeah, great, great for him. He's deserving. Someone else that is not so deserving of the Hall of Fame that was on the Thrashers, and I'm not going to name names because we've trashed him in the past on Locked uh, on Kings. You know who I'm talking about. I do. So He's not my problem anymore. That's true. <laughs> so we're, we're not going to bash anyone here. We, we enjoy most hockey players here that mean well. And yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I'm, I, I feel you there. Going back to the number two pick. So you've got to be ecstatic. Kings are number two. Who do you think the Kings get? They have kind of a decision to make. Quentin Byfield, yeah, and, he looks good. Tim Stutzel, he looks really good. Yeah, and I feel like this is this is where I admit shamefully that I have been ignoring basically everything about the draft because I didn't want to start learning and getting excited about some of these guys and then find out that the Kings were somehow going to be like the number seven pick or something. So... I like I'm really excited to dive into the like Byfield versus Stutzel debate. I feel like there is a lot of conversation about those two guys and what they can offer. Um, I I think I think that e- either way, whatever direction the Kings are going to go in, they're going to get a very good player. And 
Rob Blake, I said this on the uh, live stream that we did during the draft show, but like Rob Blake has kind of been a little conservative in his drafting. Like, I I don't think that he's going to go off the board and make a completely crazy pick at number two. I also don't really see him trading down, um, which had been raised as a possibility. I I think that he's going to take that number two pick and he's going to take the best available player. um, And whoever that player is, you know, knowing that Byfield probably needs another year in, ju- in juniors, Stutzel, I think, is probably still going to be in Europe or, you know, I don't really know what his plans are. But, you know, I, I don't think that whoever they get is going to necessarily be on the team right away. So I, I think they have a little luxury in picking who truly will be best for for the team. But, yeah, I'm excited to spend kind of my weekend, I guess, starting to dive into, you know, watching clips of these guys and uh, really figuring out who, who, who will help the Kings get over that hump because they, they're looking, if you look at that seven game winning streak, they look kind of competent. And if they they did look competent, you know, who kind of led that a little bit. Yeah. So someone that I used to think was overrated. (laughs) I love making you eat your words on this one. (laughs) (laughs) I am eating my words big time. I'll admit it. He's better than I thought. Gabe Velarde, you're off the hook. (laughs) You've improved quite a a lot. Yeah, and they they have him contributing. They have, you know, the the emergence of Martin Furk, who who maybe has found a role in the NHL as someone who had bounced back and forth. You know, they pretty much have guaranteed him a spot on the team um, in the future by giving him this contract. You know, it will be really difficult to pass him through waivers again. I don't think that it would it would happen. No but, one know. is going to want to get in the way of that 109.2. No, no that's terrifying. I mean, you were and there. So- I was there. We saw it. We saw <laughs> yeah. what that thing is capable of. And so, like, you know, I think he's he, you know, is going to be a good role player, depth player for the team, which the Kings have sorely lacked in the past couple of years. Guys in that sort of bottom six who can make a difference. You've got guys coming up like Alex Turcotte, um, Tyler Madden, who I think will need seasoning time in the AHL. Yeah, but, he will, you know, sure. will be will be poised to make an impact. You've got Arthur Kaliev, who's probably going to fight for a spot on the team, uh, especially knowing the uncertainty around what's going to happen with juniors next season. You know, if uh, who, no one knows anything about what's happening next season at all in hockey, we barely understand what's happening this season, but you know, there's probably, there's the possibility of juniors not starting or not starting at the same time. And like, that's a whole other podcast, but you, you've got guys like Kaliev who could potentially fight for a spot on the team. So suddenly the Kings are looking young and they're looking fast. And now they're going to add someone like Byfield or Stutzel or whoever they, you know, pick out of a hat. Um, they're starting to look like a totally different team than the team that everyone has spent the past, like, you know, four-ish years making fun of for being old and slow. Like, holy crap, what is this? Yeah. I'm very excited now. <laughs> I mean, you got Blake Lazat, who really d- did much better over recent years. Blake Lazat, I liked a lot. And I liked Wags. Austin Wagner, I thought, has improved tremendously over the past three seasons, most of that in Ontario. Uh, that's someone that I liked a lot. Something that you mentioned on the live podcast is 
the Kings really need defense. That's going to be their main thing. And you've been critical of Drew Doughty in the past. Are you still that critical of Drew Doughty? Absolutely. Um, I, I think that he, he there was a really great article from uh, Jack Hahn, uh, who used to be part of the Marley's organization uh, and now is kind of doing his own thing. Uh, he just wrote a really good book about hockey systems and he wrote a really interesting article about looking at Drew Doughty and kind of breaking down his play shift by shift. And the sort of end summary of it was he, he like the, the, the take has always been, well, of course he's bad. The team around him is bad too. But when you kind of break it down, you sort of start to realize like, Hmm, not really. And there's a lot of plays where he isn't looking engaged. He's not getting that quick first couple of steps. And it could just be a motivation factor. He could just be burnout and like doesn't feel like trying his hardest because he's on a team that doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. Um, first off, I would say that's his own stupid fault for giving himself that big long contract. And, and you know, but whatever. Um, I, I think that I think the old Drew Doughty is in there somewhere, but I don't know if he can get it back, because I do think that it is a lot more motivation than physical skill or physical ability. And he, you know, he doesn't seem like the type of guy I'm assuming here, but probably isn't the type of guy to sit down with like a sports psychologist or something or a mental skills coach to try to get that edge back in his game. And that's really what he's missing. And if he doesn't get that back, the Kings are in big trouble. Um, uh, not even thinking about the contract, but just thinking about the amount of work that he has to do as the number one uh, mm. and knowing that there's not really a number one in waiting. I think the Kings have a lot of good defense prospects, but they're not number ones. And so the Kings could potentially have to learn how to survive with a mediocre defense, which I mean, I guess it's good that they have all of these young guys coming up who appear to be able to score like with their eyes closed and one hand behind their back. Right, but Mike, but Mikey Anderson is not a second-line defenseman. Matt Roy is not a third or second-line defenseman. Curtis McDermott is a third-line defenseman that sometimes masquerades as a fourth-line frontman for some reason. <laughs> Which I love, by the way, because I love watching Curtis McDermott fights. He's those, big. Those are brilliant fights. I love watching that. <laughs> But then you have other guys that are trying to come up with the rain as far as defense. I like to Toby Bornfoot. Paul Ledoux is a free agent. I don't think they should re-sign him. No. Um, one of your early podcasts was, what would you do with Ledoux? What do you do about him? <laughs> Not yep. much. Yeah, you send him away. And then who are you left with? who's left on the rain? Kale Clegg? Jacob Moveri? Daniel Brickley? Ooh, it's very thin on defense. They're going to be very good on offense. They're probably going to end up scoring a bunch of goals a game like they did on that seven-game winning streak where they were just scoring at will. But that defense, ooh, that defense is stinky. Yeah, yeah. They've got a lot of guys who could be good three, four, five defensemen. But, yeah, the, the issue of not having a true number one, number two is going to come back and bite them eventually. And so I just am going to have to pin my hopes on the second round or some sort of trade. <laughs> so do you think the Kings actually 
use the number two pick to get Jamie Drysdale? I don't think so. I don't think so either. They yeah. shouldn't. They should go after the best available player. And the best available player would be Byfield or Stutzel. And we could talk about that for ages. And with that, it's a pretty decent place to wrap up today's show. I do promise we will talk about the Ducks more on the next podcast. But just a reminder, you can hear this podcast or any of the previous episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. And please make sure to rate, comment, and subscribe if you have not already. Like I said, we'll have some Ducks talk on the next one. This interview went for a while. So part two will be on Wednesday and part three will be on Friday. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, Once again, thanks everyone for listening on Twitter. LO underscore ducks is the show Twitter and my personal Twitter is at StimpyJD. So once again, at LO underscore ducks and at StimpyJD. Once again, thank you all so much for listening for Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying please stay safe out there, practice social distancing, and ducks fly together, Anaheim.